just trust you. We trust you. We trust you that you'll be heard. We trust that you'll be seen. We trust that you'll be revealed. We trust that in every situation, God will break forth. We praise you. We praise you for what you're doing in our midst. We are undeserving servants, merely having done what we were supposed to. And yet you come and you shower us with your grace. You shower us with your mercies. And you renew them morning by morning. And, and what can we say, Lord? Let us see how it is in our midst. And how incredible it is that the Lord has given us. En dat die, dat die actually, die bemoei met elke haar op ons kop en elke gedachte, elke woorsteling, dat you are in this. Lord, we want to be yours. We don't want to play the games. We want to be yours, like, like well yours, holy yours, responding like we ought to, not living from disappointment to disappointment, but glory to glory. Because that's what you've called us to. And Lord, we... We know that you've got good things in store for us. You've got plans to prosper us and not to harm us. And so I pray, Lord, as we, as we, as we try and navigate life and as we try and consider this morning what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, help us, Lord. Help us. Uh, we want to see you, Jesus. Okay, so I get one more of my tissues to bring, I think I can to my And then... Um, Ja, ik denk die, die ding met de oud. Thanks, Kim. Bless you. Um, the thing that, that I think we, that I'm wrestling with, and I want to encourage us to wrestle with, is that God is in our midst. He's really here. And He's in this. Um, he's really involved in our lives. And He's got good plans. And the, the fact that the plan may be tarried for 10 years doesn't mean He doesn't have the plan. And that he's not able, that he doesn't want to. It doesn't mean any of that. Sometimes we don't know what it means. But we've got to stay in the fight. And I want to encourage us. So the preach this morning is called keep the tension. We've got to keep the tension. And, and um, the Lord knows that, that the tension is not nice. But he's doing something in it. And we have to take that strain. We have to take that tension, the tension of the word. I think it's so beautiful, Louis coming in this morning and just mentioning a few tensions. There's the tension of giving away and the tension of keeping, the tension of, 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 of sowing and reaping, and then the tension of the supernatural provision. There's tension in the word. There's the tension about the things that we know and the things that we don't know, the, the breakthroughs. And, and, and I mean, it's incredible, Sonica uh, coming here and saying, yeah, I've had a, a miraculous healing and, and all these flu symptoms disappeared. It had never happened to me before. Um, and and just, just next door to her, there will, be, there will be whoever that doesn't get healed. And they've also prayed. And they've also trusted. And it's not as if God favors the one and he doesn't do the other. And why is that? We've got to take the strain, hold the strain, keep pressing, keep the tension. All right? So this morning, can we, within the mystery, stay in the fight and navigate the storms of this life together? All right? This is what this is about. We have to take up some tensions when there are conflicting scenarios. All right. So this morning, I just want to start off. 
and remind us of a few things that are conflicting, conflicting things in the Word, and we've heard them already. I mean, it's not like I'm going to say something new. I mean, the testimonies that have been here this morning and, and every contribution, the songs that we've sung, it's just this one thing, that everything is not as straightforward as we would like it to be. Everything is not as easy as we would like it to be. Everything doesn't have a why explanation. And I need a few people to preach with me this morning. So I'm going to divide you right down the line here. Okay, Yelle gaan sê, we know. So one, two, three, say with me, we know. Okay, Hiso van Nienke, die kan toe. Jelle gaan sê, we don't know. One, two, three. Okay, one, two, three. One, two, three. If you had a choice, you would like to be with them, right? <laughs> All right. So, so, so in the preach, I'll at times ask questions. If there's an obvious answer, I don't want the reasoning. If there's an obvious answer, I'll just go here and you'll say... We know. And if there's no obvious answer, I'll do this. And you say, we don't know. All right. Okay. So, um, uh, I'll, I'll be reading something that will say, um, we, uh, there's light outside because the sun is shining. And then I'll say, why is it light outside? And you just say, we know. Okay. Don't go about the sun is shining. It's just, we know. There is a reason that we understand. So we're, we're going to start off um, this morning in our preach, our together preach, and we look at Psalm 107. And Psalm 107 has got a few scenarios where we know and where we don't know, okay? So here goes. The, this is the answer. Not everything is we know. Okay. So we start off with first one in, in Psalm 107, and I've got the whole psalm up there, but I'm just going to scan through it. So give thanks to the Lord for He is good, like the God who is present here. He's good. And his steadfast love endures forever. And then the psalm writer will continue to consider the goodness of the Lord. This sets the tone. God is good and his steadfast love endures forever. Now in, in verse 4 it says, Some wandered in desert waste, finding no way for a city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. So why were they hungry and thirsty? Why were they wandering in desert ways? We don't know. They, were, they just didn't know. But they had problems, and it says in verse 6, and then they cried to the Lord, and He delivered them. Okay, but in, in uh, and, and, and there's a nice explanation how He responds. But then in verse 10, some sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in irons. For they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Mosai. Why were they sitting in darkness? Why were they afflicted and in irons? We do know. For they had rebelled. They didn't listen. So some we don't know why they were in desert. Some we know why they were in prison. The topic just continues. Verse 7. Oh, oh wait, wait, wait. So, so, so those who sat in darkness, those who did wrong, those who had rebelled, they also cried out. Verse 13. Then they cried out. I, I can't, I, you can't see the context clearly now, but it's still speaking about them. It's they in the prison. Cried to the Lord in their trouble. 
and he delivered them. So the response was the same, whether they knew, whether they didn't. They cried out, and you know what the beautiful is? The Lord delivered. So this continues, verse um, 17. Some were fools through their sinful ways, and because of their iniquities suffered affliction. They loathed food, they, drew, they were sick. Why were they suffering affliction? We do know, because they were sinful. It's clear. They were sick because of sins. They were not sick because of an, something that we didn't know. They sinned, they became sick. But, in verse 19, they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them. Verse 20 says, so that was verse 19. Verse 20 said, He sent out His word and healed them. How beautiful is that? Something we quote so regularly when we pray for people and just say, God, you're the one who sends your word and you heals us. The, the context of this is sinful ways, people who deserved to be sick. But when they cried, merciful is the one who sent his word. Incredible. But in verse 23, some went down to the sea in ships doing business on the great waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord, His wondrous works. For He commanded and raised the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves. They mounted to heaven. They went down to the depths. I mean, the waves were just over them. They, they reeled. They staggered like drunken men. They were at their wit's end. Why were they reeling, staggering, and at their wit's end? We don't know. Okay, sure, God called for the storm, but we don't know why. It wasn't as if they deserved to be at their wit's end. They were just doing business. Seems like fair deals. This wasn't the terrorists or the pirates. These are like the good guys in the stormy wind. But in the midst, in verse 28, then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivers, and He delivered them. Look at the following. In verse 33, it says, God, He turns rivers, that's good stuff, into a desert. That's bad stuff. He turns springs of water into thirsty ground, a fruitful land into a salty waste. God takes the good and He makes it bad. Why? Because of the evil of its inhabitants. God comes, He destroys that country. Why does God destroy the country? Oh, no, no, no. Try that again. Why does God destroy the country? We know. We know. Okay, like, like we know. All right? Like, <laughs> like you can taste it. Like you, you're convinced. So when, when we look at the psalm, what we see is that some difficulties, some difficulties are just because we don't know. We're wondering, we don't know where the place is, we just don't know what to make of this. Some difficulties are because of our sins. Some difficulties are because of the inhabitants around us, their sins. And some difficulties are just because God sends a storm. I want to remind us of Daniel and his friends. Daniel and his friends were good guys, right? But their families were destroyed in the war that came with Babylon. They were taken to a pagan land where they were harassed and afflicted. 
And it had nothing to do with their sins. It was the sins of the inhabitants of the land. And, and that is something that draws us in. The reality of your and my circumstance right now might be because of your sin and might be just because of our ignorance. And it might be because the Lord just sent the storm. And it might be because of the inhabitants around us. And it might be that we just don't have any clue why we are in the situation that we are in right now. But God knows. So I want to remind us that, that there was this guy called Job. And, and when we speak about Job, there are obviously many various angles to this. But, but the point about Job is he was living the good life. He was living as one with God. He says the friendship of God was in my tent. He lived above reproach. And his troubles began because God initiated a conversation with the devil and boasted about Job's devotion and boasted about Job's exceptional holiness and fear of the Lord and all the good things. Job's troubles began when God started speaking about him in the heavenlies and he had nothing to do with that. I think we should remember that for Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, God called people out of a specific land to follow them, to follow him. And, and Abram went by faith, and his son went by faith, and his son's son went by faith. And they went by faith and by faith and by faith, and they were written up in the, in the histories of faith as heroes of faith. These are guys who, 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 who left everything and followed the Lord. And you know what's interesting? For every single one of them, the following line occurs once or twice or three times or a number of times in their lives. There was a famine in the land. And the fact that you and I follow God and we go where God leads us does not exclude us from famines in our land. It just means nothing to some extent. And maybe to some extent it means everything that we do follow God. How do you make, what do you make of this? What do we make of the fact that, that Joseph was called by God and Daniel was called by God and David was called by God, but it just, just took them into deeper troubles, just took them from one degree of trouble into a deeper pit, into a deeper den, into a deeper conflict, just innocent but suffering. What do we think? Yeah. I mean, I mean there, there, there's so many things in the Word. There's this um, one, one um, scripture, I'm not going to read it now, but in Judges, God says that He left certain nations in the land of Israel. Dem demonic nations, okay? People that were following pagans, but for us it meant there were problems in their country. And it says, He left those Philistines, all kinds of Canaanites, ites, bites, that were biting them, um, uh, in the land so that the people might learn war. Oh, okay. So for those, um, uh, why did they have all these troubles in their land? We do know. So that they might learn war. 
But that is not the only thing. We know that God said, if you will not listen to me, I'm going to leave these people in your land and they will become stumbling blocks to you. They will destroy you and you will be taken away. Harassment will come upon you if they stay in the land. So why did they um, have those troubles? Was it only because of the good stuff? No, it was also because of their sin. We still know. So it was for good and it was because of evil. And they were, they were caught up in this. So there are these things where, where, where we just say, why? Our lives are filled with whys. And the why can destroy us out of the purposes of God. And I want to lift up the whys so that we become tough when the why comes. So I want to throw a few scriptural whys in here. So why did God lead the Israelites to Egypt in the beginning? He told, he sent Joseph, he sent Jacob after Joseph. He led them to Israel. Did God know what was going to happen in Egypt? He did. He knew that their, that their little baby boys would be murdered there. He knew that they would. Why did God do that? Why did they, why did they need incredible hardship to come? Why did God come to Moses and say, Moses, I want you to go and lead my people. He comes and takes them out of, Moses at this stage doesn't want to do the job. God comes and takes them and says, you have to. If you don't, I'm angry at you. You lead the people now. No more speaking. And then as Moses goes to do the calling, God comes to kill him. Do you know that God wanted to kill Moses? Right? Show of hands. God wanted to kill Moses on the way to leading the people out of Israel. Why did God do that? I'm not going, yeah, we don't know. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, why did God lead the people of Israel by the cloud of his presence? Okay, so here, here goes. God calls the people out of Egypt. He gives them a pillar of, of a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. This is the amazing presence. And God himself in his presence comes and he leads them step by step. He says, okay, now this way to the sea. Okay, straight through the sea. Okay, now this way. He leads them to a place which is called Mara, which is called bitter waters. Where it is so bitter you can't drink it. Why did God do that? Why did he not lead them to the sweet space in the first place? We don't know. Uh, and, and, and scripture is full, full of, the, of, the, um, of this. Maybe, maybe we should just read that for a moment. Exodus 15. When they came to Mara, they could not drink the waters uh, because it was bitter. That situation in their life was so bitter, they couldn't, they couldn't stomach it. And the people grumbled against Moses. Okay, just quick note, don't do this, okay? Uh, and they said, what shall we drink? And he cried to the Lord. Sounds like Psalm 107, eh? He cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a log. He threw it into the water. The water became sweet. And there the Lord made for them a statute and a rule 
there he tested them. Okay, so we know some of the things are for testing. For some reason, the Lord wants to test it. And then he said, if you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God, and do what is right, I will heal you. I will put none of, the, uh, 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 none of these diseases. But the question obviously is, am I suffering? Like, am I at bitter waters because God is teaching me something? Is he, is he testing me? Is, is this just because God and the devil are having some conversation in the heaven and I'm the point of this discussion and now the calamity is here? Is there, is there what, what do we make of this? That God says in Psalm 91, um, he who hides in the secret shadow of the Most High shall lodge, uh, shall lodge there and, and, and no evil shall befall you. No plague or calamity come upon you. And here are the, are the 12 apostles. They forsake everything. They give their lives for the king and for his kingdom. They give their lives to preaching. But they get stoned. They get murdered. They get cast into prison. They get beheaded. What do we make of this? Why does their abiding in the secret shelter not keep them from Herod? Why? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's exactly. And then, to, 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 to crown that, we've got two guys. We've got two guys, James and Peter. They get thrown into prison, like I said now. Herod is wanting to do the rest of the Jews a favor, and he throws them in prison, and he says, okay, execution time. We're going to kill these guys. Are you happy with me? We're going to kill them. All right? This is a sadistic uh, 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 boat campaign. Um, and, and, so, and so James gets killed. He's, he's one of the three. They're both, both of them are the top three in Jesus' James gets killed. Okay, James, you're gone. <laughs> Peter is about to get killed. The church knows that James is dead and Peter is next. But they keep on praying. Miraculously, Peter gets out. Okay, you out. Okay, thank you, James. Why did Peter get out and James get killed? Wasn't it the same church with the same prayers, with the same love? Wasn't it the same Lord with the same ability, with the same top three guys? Why? We haven't got a clue. We haven't got a clue about certain things on earth. Now, let's consider Luke 18.1. Luke 18.1 is one of the parables where, um, where, where, where Jesus tells you in advance, He tells you and me in advance why He's telling this. And I've mentioned this a number of times, but it's good for us to revisit Luke 18. And Luke 18 says the following. Jesus says, I'm going to tell you the following things so that you will always pray and never lose heart. I'm going to give you the explanation first, and then I'm going to tell you the story. And it says, in a specific town, there was a judge who didn't fear God, he didn't fear man. And there was a widow who kept coming and saying, give me justice. That means there wasn't justice in that town. 
And the judge wasn't interested in judge justice because he was unfair. He was unrighteous. He wasn't concerned about it. But the widow kept coming and coming and coming and coming. And at some stage, the judge said, okay, if I don't do something about this, she's going to wear me out. I'm going to. And then Jesus says, okay, I want you to, to hear this. You've got to pray this way with God. And then Jesus says something interesting. But is God not a fair judge who is quick to answer and give justice to his beloved? And the answer is, yeah, obviously. Obviously, we know. We do know. But why then would Jesus tell this story? I'll tell you why. Because sometimes you are calling out for a just cause to a righteous judge. For, 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 for things that he wants, for the lives of his people. And it seems like he's unjust and he doesn't care and he's not good. And for some reason, your prayers seem to be ignored. That's why. And what's more, Jesus says, and when you come back, when he comes back, when the Son of Man comes back, will he find faith on the earth? What does it mean? It's that those times when a good God who is just doesn't answer prayers, there is something that is being worked, being tested, and it is the faith of the saints. And the question is, can we hold the tension when it seems God is not interested in you and me? Now, in this season, we are in a season of spiritual gifts, okay? Who's with me? We are trusting that, that, that there will be spiritual gifts, and, 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 and Corinthians would say, earnestly desire spiritual gifts. This is where we are. It's like um, there are gifts which you give. We, 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 give our, we give our strength, and we come and saw down everything that we can saw. You should have seen Grant yesterday. He had a chainsaw, and he was just enjoying himself. He, everything that stood was flattened, all right? And, and that's a gift. I mean, both the, the man and the soul were gifts to us. But that is a natural gift. It's a natural skill. It's a natural ability. And in this time, we say it's not only about the natural, but also about the supernatural. Supernatural gifts, that which we are encouraged to desire in 1 Corinthians 14, without neglecting and without negating the natural gifts, the spiritual gifts like Arlo coming and praying for Sonica, for you, you know that if Sonica called me as a, as a doctor coming to help her, I wouldn't have been able to do that, which happened last night. Disclaimer, I can't do that. I can to some extent manage the damage, all right? But I can't heal like that. There's no medicine that does it. <laughs> My business does well because people think there is a medicine like that. But the disclaimer is, there is no medicine like that. <laughs> I can't do it. Okay. When, when I'm a doctor in the natural, or I, I'm, 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 I'm coring cement in the natural, I help people, but it's a natural thing. But there are things where we need to, uh, um, and I'm, I'm to some extent... Uh, Pointing finger at Rian here because he's got a, he drills holes in cement. But you know that, that in the spirit, you can drill holes through walls 
and through cement by the grace gift that God places upon you. And not only you can, but you should. And in this time, it is of crucial importance that we keep the tension. And I believe this is the word for us this morning. We must keep the tension of sowing in the natural and sowing in the spiritual. Um, drawing on natural. So what would be drawing in the natural with regards to resources? It means that you study, and it means that you work, and it means that you save, and it means that you, whatever, study investments or ask somebody about, well, you do things that you can do to earn a living, and God wants it. But you know, sometimes you do what you can do, and the famine comes to your land. And what God wants us to be doing is not to stop crying out or not to lose the tension or not to think, I deserve this because I, this was a stupid investment or I didn't study when I was at university. Or there can be all kinds of reasons why you are in your storm, which are deserved reasons. I deserve to go through the punishment now. I was so foolish. I was so rebellious. God told me, but I didn't listen. Now, I just need to take the punishment. That would be a conclusion that we can come to. But that's not what God has for us. And I want to encourage us that crying out to the Lord will be the correct response in every situation that we find ourselves in. Working in the natural will be a correct response. And working in the spiritual will be a correct response. But how you are going to work in the natural and how you are going to work in the spiritual is just like Louis said. It depends. So, so for the disciples, having walked with Jesus for a while, I don't think it helped them to know what they had to do in the next storms. And can I just say, they did a few storms with Jesus. They had a number of storms to practice. And you know what the conclusion was, I think, for the disciples is it depends. Because in some of the storms, they had to row. And in some of the storms, they probably just had to sleep with Jesus in the boat. Because can I just say, for us, the key to life is look what Jesus is doing and do it with him. So if Jesus is sleeping in your boat, don't row. Sleep. Because there might come a time where you need to row. And if you don't sleep when you need to sleep, you won't be able to row when you should be rowing. And there are times when in the storm, you need to walk on the water. And can I just say, I do believe that today we could physically walk on the water as Jesus did. All of those are instructions for us. But do we see it regularly? No. But could it be? Yes. And shall we trust for it? Yes. Depending on what he shows. And for some of the storms, we just need to speak to it, and it will become quiet. But it's interesting that it always depended. And you know, it didn't only depend for the disciples. It didn't only depend for Pe Peter. It depended for Jesus. So here's Jesus. You are my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. Jesus gets baptized in the Jordan, filled with the Spirit. Heaven opens up, voice descends, but he gets led into the desert to be tempted by the devil. Why would God want to tempt the unblemished, blameless Son of God? Why on earth would Jesus need to be tempted? We don't know. It is written that Jesus was perfected by what he suffered. 
Now that is a mystery in itself. How can the perfect son be perfected? Okay? And there, there are explanations to some extent. But some of the things is just very difficult to, to know. And so why did that son, when he came out, moving in the power of the Spirit, um, where, where he took a, a few loaves and a little bit of fish and multiplied it for 5,000, where the power was just present, where it was the very same God that provided for millions of Israelites in the desert for 40 years. Why did that son of God need to hunger and go and look for figs on a tree in a time when it wasn't even the season for it? Why? Why did women have to minister to him out of their needs? What they had. Why didn't he just keep a few fish and multiply it every time when he needed more? Wouldn't that be the logic thing? You know what's interesting about the temptation of, are you still with me? Okay, we're still with a why. Um, what's interesting is at some stage in the temptation in the wilderness, the devil comes to Jesus and he says, if you are the son of God, why don't you take the stones and make them bread? And on the one hand, it was an obvious temptation. <laughs> but on the other hand, I think the devil really didn't know the answer. He can't figure. Why, why are you hungry? Because you don't have to. There are some things that the devil doesn't know. And which we don't know. But that which Jesus came to demonstrate, it, it depends. The fact that I'm the son of God, the fact that the, that, the, that the angels of heaven are at my disposal, the fact that I created everything that exists out of nothing, that I fed the, personally fed the Israelites, personally fed the thousands, personally took little bits and multiplied it. The fact that I did that yesterday doesn't mean anything for my work for my walk and work today because it depends on the father hmm. interesting so we know there are resources super abundant resources in heaven but but <laughs> but it doesn't necessarily come when we need them. And we don't know um, why, why God would do that. Um, so in Acts 14, uh, we, 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 we know the following. Uh, Paul and, Paul and um, uh, I think at this stage it was still Barnabas, they were going with the churches, they were going to the various churches, and they said the following in verse 22. Um, through many tribulations, um, there at the bottom, through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. To some extent, there is a suffering by design, okay? This, this earth is designed to humble us and to prove us. Um, at, at some stage, um, um, God speaks to the Israelites and he said, you shall remember the 40 years that I led you through the desert to humble you and to prove you, to know what is in your heart. And so, so there are things where we, on the one hand, are learning our dependence, we learn humility, and on the other hand, um, 
um, there's, there's, a, there's a proving, there's a testing, there's a refining, there's a beautifying. Um, and sometimes we know, and sometimes we don't know. I, I want to ask one or two of the last whys, and then come to, to maybe a conclusion or two. You know that in the book of Daniel, it says that those who know their God shall stand firm and take action, the ESV says. Um, they, it says those who are wise shall be strong and do great exploits. Okay? I love to pray this. Net to een voor dit? Nope. Um, isn't it? Th- did I say 32? Uh, verse 32, yeah. Oh, yes, 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 yes. The people who know their God, Yamar, the people who know their God, verse 32, um, shall stand firm and take action. The people, die, die wat in God gloe, sal echter sterk staan en doen wat recht. Those who know their God. Those who, and we know that, that everything in life is about knowing God, right? It's everything about us is designed to get us closer to God, designed to reveal something about Him. So it says, and I, and I love to pray this. God, we know that if we can be strong in you, we will do great exploits. But look just at the next verse. And the wise among the people shall make many understand. They are leaders. They are the saints. They are the church leaders. Though for some days they shall stumble by sword and flame, by captivity and plunder. When they stumble, they will receive little help. And verse 35, and some of the wise shall stumble so that they may be refined, purified, made white until the time of the end. This means that those who are doing great in the church, who are leaders, who are making others wise, will somehow be given to the flame and the sword. Okay? Just take note. Um, Revelation 13. Look at this. Revelation 13.5 says the following. Um, the beast, this is one of the, 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 the two ICs of the devil. It was, it was one, it's somebody who's close to Satan. The beast was given a mouth uttering haughty and blasphemous words. He was given a mouth. It was allowed to exercise authority for 42 two months. To open its mouth. To, it was allowed to blaspheme God, to curse God. God says, here's a beast. You are allowed to curse me. This is what's happening. He is allowed to curse God, to curse his name, to curse heaven, to curse those who dwell in heaven. It was allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them. And authority was given it over every tribe and people and language and nation. Um, uh, yeah, this is just the, 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 the beast is given authority over the saints, allowed to conquer them. Um, and then verse 9, if anyone has an ear, let him hear. So this is where we are, and we think like, oh God, what are you saying? Um, <laughs> okay, let's keep the tension. That's what God is saying. But, but just, just, just stick with me. So it says, verse 10, if anyone is to be taken captive, that's where he goes. If anyone is to be slain with a sword, that's where he goes. And here is a call for the endurance and the faith of the saints. So we don't know why the beast is allowed to conquer the saints. And then the open question is, if God allows us to be conquered, what do we do 
What are, we, what are we supposed to be doing? Like, if the beast has the authority, it means you don't. Okay? It's given to the beast. And so the question is, why am I in the fire? What do I do when it's night? What do I do in the prison? What do I do in this fight? How do I respond to this? What should I, what should I be saying, praying? What do I do in the desert? And, and, and the question is, if God has led me into the desert, what do I, how do I negate this? If he's leading me into the storm, what should I be doing? And so, so in, this, in this last verse, we heard this is a call for the faith and the endurance of the saints. And I want to say these two things we have to keep in tension. Know that it is endurance and faith. And for the sake of time, I'm not going into this now. But Hebrews 11 is a whole list of how the saints did well. Okay, It says, now faith is the substance of the things hoped for. It's the evidence of things, seen, of, of things not seen. It is the things that are still to come. That is what faith is about. And it says, then by faith we understand. And by faith we obtain. And by faith we conquer. It goes um, uh, at the end of the chapter. It says, by I don't have time. That's what the Hebrew writer also says. I don't have time to mention all these guys who conquered and obtained, got the guys back from the dead and through the fire from the lions. And by faith, they won and obtained. And just in the next breath, he says, and by faith, they were sawn in two and they were wandering and they were fugitives and they were killed by the sword. By faith, they were not delivered in the way that we thought they had to be delivered. By faith, they endured. And you know that faith has got two expressions. It's got an endurance expression, and it's got an obtaining expression. And in our lives, we have to keep the tension of both. And if you are in a place where you've prayed for your sick child for months, but the child is still sick, endure by faith. And do not keep uh, 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 from praying. Do not stop seeking. Do not stop knocking. And in your situation where there is something unexplainable in your workplace, when there's something unexplainable in your relationships, when there's something unexplainable and you don't know, and maybe it's because of your sin, and maybe it's because the sins of the people around you, and maybe it's just because you don't know, it's your ignorance, and maybe it's just because God, keep enduring and keep believing and keep knocking and keep pressing, keep on keeping on. I think what the Lord has for us is that we have to keep the, endure, the, the tension between the endurance of faith and the obtaining of faith. Okay? Because when I am strong on the endurance side, it's like I'm in this difficult situation, whatever, it's say financial. I've been in this situation for 10 years and I've learned to endure financial difficulty. And by faith, I just know tomorrow will be okay because God has led me this far. The danger is, is that I'm not contending anymore for the more, for the breakthrough, for what God wants to do. I've been sick so long. I've been in this situation. I've learned how to bear with the pain. I've learned how to, but I stopped contending for the miraculous. I stopped contending for the healing. I don't go. And the faith that God wants us to have is both the faith that can endure when we don't understand and can still keep on contending for that miraculous breakthrough. That is the faith God has for us. 
And that is the faith we need to express with the spiritual gifts. We have to keep the tension between the natural and the supernatural. The I don't know and the I do know. The I can endure and I need a supernatural breakthrough. And we have to keep the joy within everything. The kingdom of God is about righteousness, peace, and suffering. No, it isn't. The kingdom is about righteousness, peace, and joy. And sometimes there is suffering, but always there is joy. And so the Bible says in James that count it pure joy when you are enveloped in all kinds of suffering, knowing that the testing of what? Faith is producing something. It is producing an endurance. It's producing a steadfastness. And if you didn't have the weight component of God, you wouldn't find the endurance of God as good as it's being produced. And that's just the process. But God wants us. You, you know, we, we've, we've had an incredible year, actually. We've had an incredible, incredible year. And I can, I can now s- s- start counting 100 breakthroughs. We've obtained the building. We've had these expressions which Ruan said. I mean, the, just the prophetic breakthroughs. Sean having uh, people coming with dreams. People coming with, it's like, it's like just flowing. It's the Lord is expressing himself. It's, it's beautiful. And in the midst of it, I can just go here and say, all the things that we are still enduring, the breakthroughs that have still not come. My wife that, that cannot be here this morning because of illness, that can I just say, we have prayed for it. And trusted and tried, whatever. In the natural and in the supernatural, and she's still ill. Here's a scripture, and I'm coming into land now. Might be a slow landing, but I'm coming into land. <laughs> I'm coming into land. I'm coming. All right. Isaiah 30 says the following But thou, the Lord, gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction. The Lord gives you the troubles. Though the Lord gives you the troubles, like bread, you like eat trouble on a daily basis. Okay? He gives you the bread, yet your teacher will not hide himself anymore. But your eyes shall continue to behold your teacher. And you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Now, what the Lord wants to get in these times of tension, in these times when he shares numerous words of breakthroughs and deliverances, and also knowing that it's not for everyone. I mean, like, I don't have to tell any of us that healings don't always happen. Everybody knows healings don't always happen. As a matter of fact, Healings mostly don't happen. That's our experience, okay? That's, that's, that's our life. Does God want it that way? No, I'm sure he doesn't. Is it, is it just because of other things, and, but our faith is great? No, maybe our faith is just too small and we're not getting healed. I don't know. But within this, God says it depends. Draw near to me. It depends. This morning, I want your eye. I want your ear. I want you close to me. I want you daily. I want you fresh every morning. It's, uh, David is such a nice example. As he goes against the Philistines, he says, God, Philistines, whichever Steins or Steins you are, um, um, when God goes against them. Uh, David goes against them. And he asks God, he says, shall I go up and fight them? They are attacking him, mind you. But David says, should I? And God says, yes, attack them. And so it's great victory. It's not long. Here they are again. 
knocking at the door. Okay, I want to fight you again, David. And so here the Philistines are again. David does exactly the same thing. He says, God, shall I go against the Philistines? It's, it's round number two. It's just the bell ringing again, as if they don't get the message. But God says, no, don't. Wait. And then gives him another strategy. But can we just settle for it? Depends. And God wants to speak to us daily about that business, daily about that relationship, daily about that healing, daily about the answer. Adele shared with me this morning that, um, that she's got the various names of God. God is this, God is that, God is so-and-so. And what is, what is the one that you heard this morning, Adele? I am the one who has the wonderful answer. I am the wonderful answer. God is the one with your answer. Come on. I mean, I mean come on. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that exactly what we need to be armed with going into this? We have to rejoice in the Lord. Keep singing. Keep praying. Um, keep pressing. Keep contending. And if you've done it a thousand times, just go back. Tomorrow, we'll just do it on repeat. Amen. All right, let's stand. Well, Cassie was uh, preaching, I believe God showed me something, um, and would you agree with me that there's sometimes uh, things that you don't know? <laughs> and, <laughs> but uh, sometimes God makes you aware of something, and I want to put it to you that this morning there's somebody, I'm 99% sure that someone walked in here with two of something this morning. And that currently they only have one of them. And uh, the, good, the smart thing for you to do is, um, is to examine yourself at this point. If you know what it is that I have that you possibly don't have anymore, uh, there would be quite a few of you checking if you have it. So I picked up an earring this morning. Is there anyone missing an earring? There we go. <laughs> So, would you agree that up until now, she didn't know? Is it this one? Yeah. <laughs> there we go. So, she didn't know that she was missing that earring. And um, only when I pointed it out, only when I mentioned the word earring, that, that uh, at least some of the, the women in our midst started checking. <laughs> so the hands went to the ears. <clears throat> and in this week, um, and in your life, you know, God's going to, you know, point out certain things. And the appropriate response this morning is to examine yourself. And I feel like as an earring could be something precious, could be something valuable. She lost it this morning. And in our lives, you know, what is it, what, what God pointed out to me this morning while Cassie was speaking, there was a moment, there was a situation where I lost my trust in God. I, my first response was not to trust not to run to my stronghold, who is Jesus. My first point was, who do I call? How do I fix it? What do I do? Da, 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 da. Up until today, since Wednesday till today, I did not present that thing to God in prayer. 
and God convicted me of that this morning. I lost something precious, and through a moment of, of pain, a moment of loss, I didn't respond to Him. I, didn't, I wasn't moved to Him. And, uh, and, and so in the things, examine yourself this morning. Examine those pain points. Examine what is God doing in your life to get you to realize that you're not trusting in Him, that you're not hearing Him, that you're not crying out to Him. So Lord, we just, we just come to you, Lord Jesus, and we know that you are moving in our midst. So we just want to make time for that, Lord. And so God, won't you point out if we've lost the endurance, if we've just given up on the fight, if we've stopped believing or stopped praying or maybe never started in that area. Lord, we know it's not about playing games, but about a, a real life thing, doing this with you. So we pray, please show us where we've lost an earring. Lord, I, I want to say, I'm sorry, Lord, where I didn't go to, it depends on a daily basis. And I pray that you would forgive me where I didn't look for the daily bread as you had it in your heart. And I want to return. Cassie wants to return to that, Lord. I want to. And I want to be close to your heart. And when there's mystery in the suffering, I want to be praising. Please help me. Please help us. And this mystery in the suffering, I pray that you will help me not to stop praying, not to stop trusting, not to stop enduring, not to be one-sided in any of these things, not to draw back. I thank you that you speak over us, that we are not of those who draw back, but we are of those who believe to the saving of the soul. And so we trust you for that. We trust you that the good work that you've started in our midst these last few months, oh God, that you will continue, continue with a miraculous, please, Jesus. The, the, the children working miracles. Older people having dreams. Everybody seeing visions and experiencing the angelic, the powers of the age to come. Every one of us being conduits for heaven. We trust you. Trust you. Trust you. We want to touch power and not let go. Please help us, Jesus. And if there's any sin, any foolishness, rebellion, or anything, Lord, help us to get rid of it soon. We don't want to justify. We don't want to hold on. Just, we just want to say sorry. And let go. And let God. Love you, Jesus. Ek denk van die uh, dinge wat ook uh, met plaasvond vanmorgen is uh, uh, begrip van God, uh, identiteit wat ons van God het wat ingeruil moet word. Dus ek denk het was duidelijk dat uh, God is buiten ons boksie en gereeld raak ons uh, offended with the view we have of God. 
And so we say, God won't do that. God sal nie sommer toelaat, laat so iets gebeur nie. En dan neem ons aanstoot, wanneer so iets gebeur, met ons, of die persoon langs ons, familielid of so, en het veroorzaak het ons dan nie na God toe gaan, wanneer iets soortgelijks met ons gebeur. En ek, ek voel ons, ons met daai, daai inruil aksie. En is eindelijk a, a, a repentance. Repenting for the God I've created in my own image. For the God who created me in his own image. And so, would you, if you've had it at, at some stage, just in this morning, realized, oh shucks, God is not as measured or as controlled or as defined as I thought he was. Would you exchange your view of God? And it's really for a biblical view of God. A view that where God reveals himself through the scriptures and through the Holy Spirit. And say, okay, Yera, the dang af. And I'm going to look, I'm going to further come. I'm not going to go further, I'm going to come aan een aanhoudende openbaring van God, wat hy wil, wat hy wil breng. Ons gaan afsluit net met die uh, lied wat Kim op haard het, en dan gaan ons van daar af. I'm breaking down walls of your hearts I'm coming to break down these walls I'm bringing my trust to you, my child I'm pouring over you I'm breaking these walls down that you've put up Breaking these walls down that you've put up. I'm blowing wind, I'm blowing wind, I'm blowing wind into your sails. Do you trust me? I'm breaking these walls down that you've put up. Breaking these walls down that you have. Do you trust me? Do you believe that I know? Do you trust me?
Open our hearts, oh we trust. 